Professional wrestling is the one true sport. Other sports have their share of intense dramatic moments, but nothing can compare with professional wrestling. Welcome to Wrestling History X, where three friends come together to talk about the stories behind the matches. I'm Matt. I'm a bucket of slop. And I am Barry Shane Dinsky. Welcome to episode 160, In Your House 2. Where we will not be giving away a house. The Lumberjacks. <laughs> yeah, there's not, dude. Sure. There's no tagline here. We're just in your house. Well, it's Ret- right there. Retroactively, it's the lumberjack. Right oh, there. is it? Okay, <laughs> I didn't. I didn't catch it. Well, they don't actually say it on the program. Like it's, I said, it's, it's, re- it's retroactively. Okay. Yeah, it's like, like all the hoodies, like the first, the something. first like four or five, like all retroactively got tags, taglines. Yeah, I didn't see a tagline on uh, the Wikipedia. Sometimes I look for, on the poster, but this one was pretty poor quality <laughs> looking poster of, for the for the JPEG. You're not hiring them for graphic design. <laughs> No, they've got their moments. Uh, I prefer when they did the old hand-drawn ones, but don't we all? What if they put a guitar with uh, oh, <laughs> in Nashville? Yeah, a, yeah, a good, yeah, a banjo with um, um, with spikes on it. Yeah, spikes. I was like, was it spikes? <laughs> yeah, '89. Uh, I think it's is it the first steamboat? Russell uh, War. Right, Russell War '89. I think it has one of the first, maybe the first Steamboat um, It has one of, of the trilogy. first Steamboat player. I can't remember if it's the first or the last one. I actually saw on one of those in Wikipedia, Instagram, like, uh, or not Wikipedia, Instagram, like, wrestling things. Uh, I don't remember what it was, but some, it was like a shirt, and the guy had, like, the Wrestle War 89 shirt, and I was like, oh, it's beautiful. That is. I'll never have it, but it's beautiful. No. But this was the second... In Your House, produced by WWF. It would take place on July 23rd, 1995 at the Nashville Municipal Auditorium in Nashville, Tennessee with an attendance of 6,482 people and a buy rate of 280,000. That's a uh, teeny tiny little crowd for a a WWF show. Yeah, it seems like these in 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 Your Houses are doing like Smaller venues. Smaller venues. They're kind of like Clash yeah. of Champion-esque. Basically. I mean, this is the same building that WCW usually runs when they're in Nashville. And okay. we know that WCW, uh, pre-Hogan, was uh, 7,000 was a good number. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The buy rate is kind of on par for with what their new, with their first in their house. It's a little bit less, but it was definitely more than their last big pay-per-views. So. Yeah, it's lower or cheaper. Lower, lower price point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're in Nashville, and yeah. we're talking in your house. We are. And some lumberjacks. We're talking in Michael's house, actually. Ha, ha, ha. Yes, we are in Nashville. You made that joke last time. I'm just 
Did we? Yeah. No. <laughs> last last time I, I said I am in your house. This time I said we are at Michael's house. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, all three of us. And are if you're listening ear. to this at your home, yeah, in your house too. <laughs> exactly. Either way, if we're not in your house, we're at least in your head. So thanks for joining. Yeah, we're in Nashville for In Your House Two, uh, the show with no tagline but a retro <laughs> tagline known as the Lumberjacks. I believe the last time we were in Nashville, I did the, uh, I think we went to Nashbird here in OKC and got some spicy chicken sandwiches and stuff. I know we've done it at least one time last um, time we were in Nashville. Yeah, I, I was torn. Time. I almost brought a dessert because they were talking about how banana pudding is a, a popular dessert in Nashville, but I figured we'll hold off on that because we'll be I Nashville want again. some alcohol. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I think I've made... A drink for Nashville already, but this time I decided to do what I've done on a couple other shows where I make something inspired by the show itself. The show In Your House 2. Lumberjacks. The Lumberjacks. So I decided to use that as my inspiration, and I made us some Lumberjacks. And no, I don't mean the Paul Bunyan type brawny man, even though it'd be cool. He'd probably like the drink. I brought alcohol. This specific alcohol is uh, a cognac. Got some Hennessy, a little bit of lemon juice, a little bit of pure maple syrup, and a couple dashes of bitters, shaken, poured over uh, some crushed ice, and then took a cinnamon stick and grated it over the top of each one. So it's got a little sweet, a little sour, a little savory, a little bitter. Yeah, it's not what I was expecting. With all those things combined, you can really taste the citrus. You get a little finish of the uh, maple syrup. You get the the burn of the cognac, and then uh, that little spice of the cinnamon. It's yeah, it's also kind of, taste. kind of orangey, but I guess bitters is orange, right? Yeah. Uh, so uh, yeah, I was like, where's this orange flavor coming from? I guess that answers my question. Yeah, it's it's pretty tasty. Like you had described it before, kind of old fashioned y kind of I don't know like a citrusy Manhattan in a way yeah it, fits, it feels more like that's a that's a good way of describing it yeah, <laughs> yeah it's kind of yeah, that, yeah it feels like a whiskey drink that you could drink on a patio mm-hmm. even though it doesn't sound like it on paper yeah the uh, the little description let me find it here it's good for a casual afternoon home gathering it's sweet bitter good for spring or summertime it's a short drink and it's Hennessy. Sweet and bitter uh, describes My most mo- most wrestling shows we watch. Maybe yeah. this one. Sweet and bitter, bittersweet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. For the, uh, oh, it's the very first time having this drink, and I'm not mad about it. Yeah, I would. I'd I would make like it this, again. This drink might just describe the show to a to, <laughs> to a, a tea. tea. Mm-hmm. There's something sweet here. It kind of looks well, like there's plenty tea, of bitter. <laughs> yeah. It, it, uh, I've never had an LIT, but, but I kind of imagine that it might taste like this. LITs are way smoother. Oh, okay. A little sweeter. Not as many bitters. Yes. Yeah. You've got the the Coke in there to help it all wash down easily. Yeah. Never had one. I think I might go my whole life without it. I'd say try bit. one. I this mean, far, they're... This far in? Maybe it's just like a thing. They're not bad. It'll be a personal bit just for me. <laughs> a lifetime without being lit. LIT. <laughs> 
Well, something that happened right around the same time as this show, the first episode of Road Rules. Take it away, would Shane. air a few days prior. Oh, Road Rules. You're the Road Rules guy, right? Uh, I mean, I used to watch it all the time. I'm more of a challenge. real world guy. Okay, yeah, because yeah. I'm a real world. I'm a real world guy too. I watched Road Rules, but never uh, as intently. I was like, oh, if it's on, maybe I'll watch it. But do you know how they got the idea for Road Rules? I do not. They got it some, some Winnebago's. So in the second season of Real World, I believe. Mm-hmm. I may have that season wrong. Don't shoot me. But like. Three or four of the people that were traveling to wherever they were having the real world season all carpooled. Oh yeah, that's what they did on that one. That's that's how they met their roommates. Yeah, because it was... Was it season two? Yeah. Okay. It was, it was season two. Yes, got the right season. You had John from Tennessee or Kentucky. I don't... You had don't. Tammy, who went on to be a future basketball player's wife or girl, something like that. Some VH1 show, but I mean, she was already on this show. And then Dom... I think he was British or Australian or something like that. But yeah, they, they traveled across the country in a little Winnebago on their way to California. Yeah, and it basically gave, and like they filmed them doing stuff mm-hmm. on the way there, and it basically gave the producers the idea of... I didn't realize oh, that was the inspiration for it. We should do yeah. we should do this more. I often. imagine the first season of Real World was a fucking smash hit, and they're like, well, we can... We can. Uh... It's it was very different. Like the first season, watching it back now, just after watching all the the years of the real world and then the road rules and the challenge and everything else that's come from it. Watching that very first season of the real world was, it's very it's like watching the first season of Big Brother. How it's yes. very slow it and quiet, yeah. and all of a sudden there's you know some competitions moments. Is not the name of the game while no. it is now. Because I mean, it's basically following people. You got one girl that's a model or a dancer, another one that's working on a rap career. You've got Eric Nice who, you know, was becoming a, a dancer and model. So is it like before they started making them get jobs together and stuff? Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah, this one they had their own things, and it was just bringing them all together, literally. Putting them Make in a, an apartment, a, and it's like a potpourri of turn kids on the camera, see what happens. Yeah. But it was people who were on the cusp of greatness, you know, yeah, they were, ready they to were break chasing into the entertainment, yeah, getting into the entertainment scene, and then watching the the reunion show that they've had now, you know, almost thirty years later or over thirty years later, all of those same people back together, the attitudes, the changes that people have made, how the people you thought were. The cool hippie chick all of a sudden become the crazy racist and <laughs> yeah the road rules though was was awesome i i watched it a lot i auditioned for real world miami a friend of mine from high school well i was in the grade with her sister linda uh but tina barta i went to high school with her and she ended up becoming a, a cast member of road rules a couple seasons into it remember abram got kicked off for Actually, hitting one, somebody and then she was his replacement. I was I like, there's someone famous on the on the first season of Road Rules, but uh, it's Kit Hoover. She's now the uh, one of the lead co-hosts of Access Live. Okay. And like Mark Long, he's famous. Um, but, she mean, had also worked for him. like ESPN. At, what the hell is Access Live? Like a Entertainment Tonight oh, okay. type show. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. Yeah, Mark Long, he was one of the original cast members, I believe. He was he's not famous. As... He's not famous enough to have a Wikipedia page. Well, the, I the... bet he does if you look him up. Is The Miz the most successful person post? Well, that's just dumb, because he's been in a lot of stuff. He brought you back I, the... You think I'm going to bring that up without looking at it? Come he on. brought back 
the freaking challenge all stars to Paramount. That first season actually had someone from Oklahoma City on the show as well. Shelly Spotted Horse. Mm-hmm. Don't know Shelly Spotted. She was, her. she was Indian, of course. Yeah. I mean, with that last name, makes sense. But who was the cast of the very first season of uh, Road Rules? Mm-hmm. Uh, Allison Jones. Okay. Carlos Los Jackson. Okay. I guess that's how Kit Hoover, Mark Long, and Shelly Spotted Horse. Okay. I was just the five yeah, or six of them. Yeah, six of them. Okay. Hmm. Allison Jones, Mark Long, Shelly Spotted Horse, if you're still out there, I hope you're listening. <laughs> Thanks for doing Oklahoma City Proud. That's right. She could live in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. Uh, if you've never watched the challenge, I'm, I'm a big fan of it. I'm very curious to see this new CBS, yeah, basically the, reality the, all-stars thing that they're yeah, doing. They're putting more money behind it to kind of... Yeah, I mean, the last so, I don't think it's going to be. Challenge. I think it's going to be actually taking place on CBS proper. It's not going to be yeah. just a. Yeah, it's not going to be on Paramount MTV Plus or Paramount. Yeah, it's going to be CBS worldwide. It's. I'm. I'm very excited. These last few seasons of the challenge, because I mean, that's basically once Road Rules died down and the real world kind of got either too real or not real enough. They, they just started putting them more enough. in. These little challenge competitions things, which then went on to inspire Big Brother and all these other amazing race and whatnot. Have you seen the... It's basically Celebrity Survivor, but they're not calling it Celebrity <laughs> Survivor on Paramount+. Plus. It's called not yet. Beyond the Edge or something like that. But like... Who we got in this one? Each group... I mean, it's like a different group every like two or three episodes. Oh, okay. Only reason I know about it is because they asked Derek from Big Brother to be on it. Are they still doing <laughs> the real world? They just brought it back. Okay. Did they? Okay. On Paramount Plus. I feel like the last like one they I had the re- they like had the reunion season of season one, and I think they had a they reunion did a season, season two. two. Yep. But I think they're gonna do more of the actual. Show I'm excited. Now. They need to do season three because I'd really like to see what happened with Judd and Judd's a Pam comic and see where Puck is these days. Probably dead. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell you who's... We know Rachel Campos will be there, or maybe she won't, because we know she's someone a politician's who be wife. Yeah. Pedro's on. Well, we yeah. know Pedro's Pedro's Amaro. R.I.P. That's right. Well, let's get in your house. I mean, I'm already here. Yeah. Right. Let's talk about it. <laughs> we get the WWF logo before a country music video full of wrestler highlights and shots of Nashville. I know I saw the Ernest Tubb record shop and I got excited. And then it reminded me that it is close. It's, I think, closing at the end of the month uh, for good, which is real sad. Aww. It's a, a staple of uh, country music. Bummer. I know you think Nashville would be able to keep open a record store. People buy records now. Country music's cool. Anyway. And vinyl's a thing, but mm-hmm. uh, maybe they're out of vinyl now because of Adele. <laughs> yeah, maybe Adele stopped all of the <laughs> Buck Owens albums from being pressed. That's very true. Vince McMahon then welcomes us to the show, and he has Jerry the King Lawler joining him for commentary. Oh, Lawler and they're in their, their cool s- little cowboy crown hat. <laughs> their seaboy gear, the cowboy gear. <laughs> I love that they like actually... Talk about some Nashville history stuff. They yeah. bring up the the Opry and things of that nature. And uh, Vince McMahon, I don't know who wrote this joke for him. I guess he's old enough to know. But he makes a joke about Jerry Lawler hat still having a tag on it and calls him Mini Pearl or something oh, yeah. like that degree. And I'm like, oh, 
Like, nobody probably even got this joke in 95, let alone now, but very funny. No, Mini Pearl was still somewhat known in the in the mid-90s. This, this generation, I don't think they know who she is anymore. No, that, yeah, I only know from listening to Cocaine and Rhinestones. <laughs> uh, and, like, getting into country music as an adult. Uh, but I didn't know who she was in 95, that's for sure. Yeah. I grew up watching Hee Haw, so... <laughs> there you go. We then go to our first match. One, two, three, kid versus the roadie. And they show us footage of when Road Dog injured the kid earlier in the year. And so, you know, we saw the kid come back at King of the Ring. Nice run in. Nice little run in. Glad to see him back. Yeah, exactly. Match gets going with one, two, three, jumping the roadie in the aisle before throwing him into the ring. But Road Dog is immediately up to kick the kid as he rolls in. They both begin to run the ropes until the roadie is tripped up on a leapfrog, causing him to fall on his face. One, two, three delivers several kicks to the corner, followed by a flying head scissors to send Road Dog to the floor, where he looks to regroup, only for the kid to leap over the ropes with another kick to the face. I mean, it's a grudge. Back in the ring, one, two, three keeps up the attack with more kicks and a splash into the corner. He then tries for a second one, only for the roadie to catch him and deliver a power slam. All of a sudden, we cut to the back, where we see Jeff Jarrett in the locker room, but he's not watching the match. Instead, he's getting prepared for his singing debut. Got to even, even selling how much he cares about this match by waving his hand at the TV. <laughs> That's right. He's got to gargle some water or you know, slowly sip it. Something. Much more important than yeah. what's happening in the ring. Back to the action where the kid's on the floor and Road Dog leaps off the apron with a clothesline, followed by ramming 123's crotch and head into the ring post. Posted. That's a hell. I don't know if we've seen a post like that where it's just like. Like, like literally, he hit like, the crotch <laughs> and the head at yeah. the same time. Yeah, it's like a cartoon character running into a. Like a. Uh, a stop sign or something. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> I think it's something that gets used more later on, but that's one of the first times I can remember seeing it anyways. Yeah. There's a yeah, double yeah, double post. Soup to nuts. The fans don't like the road dog winning this match at the moment as they're doing the thumbs down. Thumbs down, we get one, two, three chance. It's, it's, it's nineteen ninety five. Don't we just boo at this point? <laughs> yeah. You know, thumbs we're down. thumbs down. Yeah. yeah. Thumbs down works uh, in a uh, COVID era. We're not we're not a very vocal crowd yet, <laughs> other than yeah, you know, cheering. The two men re-enter the USA. ring where the roadie drops the kid on his face, followed by a pair of leg drops and a back body drop for a two count. Road Dog goes to a chin lock, which allows us to get a split screen showing us Double J talking to his backup singers. The crowd tries to fire up one two three but a forearm and a snapmare keeps the roadie in control. So he heads up top, only to miss a knee drop when the kid rolls out of the way. 1-2-3 delivers a spinning heel kick for a near fall, followed by a drop kick in the corner and a body slam, before heading up top to deliver a frog splash for a two count. The kid then goes for a hurricanrana, only for Road Dog to catch him with a sit-out powerbomb. For a near fall, Rhodey sends one, two, three to the corner, charging in after, only for the kid to move, sending Road Dog shoulder first into the post, allowing one, two, three to climb the ropes. But the Rhodey hits the ropes, shakes the ropes, shakes the ropes, 
crotching the kid in the process. For the second time. Ouch. Road Dog then climbs up the ropes to deliver a second rope pile driver, which he kind of slips on. It's pretty nasty and dangerous. <laughs> For the pin. And, and the win. win. Yeah, that was... Uh... I was I was waiting for somebody to throw up the X or something like that. Yeah. Because I swore. Even Mr. Man says, "I hope his neck is okay," and it sounds like it's um, like it's really like he's it's okay. like he's uh, signaling to anybody listening <laughs> to make sure that his neck is okay. He seems legitimately concerned. He is not just being a commentator. <laughs> the guy just came back, and you know the neck is uh, pretty important. It is. Post-match, the roadie dances his way down the aisle before heading over to the band to check out the sound system. Because, you know, he's the roadie. Yeah. He's doing his job. I know. How is it to win a match and then you have to go check check the amplifiers and microphone? (laughs) After wrestling, you got to go do your job. (laughs) Because we certainly didn't do it in the ring in more ways than one. We then go to the back. Todd Pettengill is there with the Million Dollar Corporation. DiBiase, Tatanka, Kama, and Sid all cut promos basically saying that Sid is going to destroy Diesel. Even implying that one of the Lumberjacks may cost Big Daddy Cool the title. We then go to Barry Dedinsky, who's in Diesel's locker room. Where there's an entire group of wrestlers pumping him up. So Barry decides that it's a great time to shill the... In your house event T-shirt. Oh yeah, the Sid versus Diesel match T-shirt. Uh, the match T-shirt everybody is clamoring for. Oh yeah, Sid versus Diesel, blow the roof off your house or something <laughs> like that. Like cool. <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> real marquee, marquee match. Yes. Big Daddy Cool and Sean then come over and they make fun of Barry before he sends it back out to ringside, where it's time for our second match, Men on a Mission. Of King Mabel and Sir Mo versus Razor Ramon and Savio Vega. Mom's back. Guess who's back? Back again. Mom is back. <laughs> Tell a call a friend. Warn a friend. <laughs> Warn a friend. <laughs> hey, I don't know. Mabel's kind of fun sometimes. I like Mo. They seem like nice guys. Uh, I miss Oscar. <laughs> we get footage from the King of the Ring where Razor's ribs were attacked by the king and Ramon makes his way out and he still has his ribs all taped up but once he enters the ring he rips the tape off to the shock of everyone oh my gosh he's gonna be alright guys we've seen this before it's, uh, he pretty... was faking it the <laughs> whole time mm-hmm. remember that time uh, Hogan faked it but told everybody in the arena yeah. on pay per view this was better played than that at least <laughs> good times <laughs> So Razor starts it off with Mo, using him as a punching bag before hitting a falling away slam and a slap to the face. Vega then tags in and tries for a body press, only for Sir Mo to catch him kindly. So Savio just starts laying it in with right hands and a clothesline. That's not how you win a match, Mo. Catch him, you gotta slam him. That's why Mo's not the king. (laughs) Mo retaliates with a knee to the gut before tagging in King Mabel. And Mom tries for a whip-aided corner splash, only for Vega to avoid, and charge out with another clothesline on Sir Mo, followed by a savat kick to Mabel. King Mabel then comes back with a side slam and tosses Savio out to the floor, before jawing with Razor in the corner, while Mo gets a few kicks in on Vega. 
Back in the ring, Mabel with an enziguri. Mom with a double clothesline. Sir Moe continues with a vertical suplex for a two count. Followed by King Mabel applying the, the nerve hole. Well, he loosened up, he loosened up the trap with uh, the enziguri. I mean, a Mabel enziguri could put you in the hospital, could even put Mabel in the hospital for all we know. I'm trying to remember, does Savio Vega have like some massive traps? Because no. apparently everybody just wants to grab a hold of them things. <laughs> they, they, I mean, the thing is, what it, Mabel just did the biggest thing he can do. Yeah. He did an enziguri. Pretty wild. It's the thing that won't get him the winded. Savio fights his way free, but then decides to try to slam Mabel, only for the king to just fall on top of him for a near fall. King Mabel hits a back body drop. Moe in for a double team back elbow before knocking Ramon down from the apron. Hey, that's smart. Mabel comes in with a leg drop on Vega, followed by Sir Mo heading up to the top rope. But he misses a Mo salt, allowing Savio to crawl to the corner for the hot tag. Can you believe the Mo salt? The Mo I popped for the Mo salt. <laughs> Razor flattens Sir Mo with several right hands, a second rope back suplex, and begins to set up for the razor's edge. But King Mabel distracts Ramon, so Moe is able to fight his way out, knocking Razor down. Mabel then climbs to the top rope, but Ramon meets him there to press slam him off the mat for a near fall. Razor goes to run the ropes, but Sir Moe kicks him from the apron, which allows King Mabel to deliver a DDT and attempt to splash, only for Ramon to move out of the way. Razor then drapes an arm across Mabel for the cover, but Mo makes the save, bringing Savio in to clothesline Sir Mo, sending them both out to the floor. A real 360. <laughs> King Mabel then reverses a whip, charging in with an avalanche splash before hitting a belly-to-belly suplex for the pin and, and the, the win. win. Most surprising? No, I'm kidding. Uh, no, honestly, Mo Salt. <laughs> Mo Salt got me, but... I guess if he's got the crown, he's got to get some wins. Might as well be in a tag match. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's got to be able to beat those big names. I mean, he already beat Taker during the King of the Ring, and now he's beating Razor. Yeah, I know. It's, it's crazy. crazy that he pinned Razor instead of Savio. Um, that would never happen today. R.I.P. Todd Pettengill is then on the stage with the band, acting a fool. Basically all you can really say about that segment. Yeah, he's kind of being like, yeah, play me some of your guitar. Yeah. I mean, you can tell he was a former radio DJ. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's like, I always wanted to do this. Uh, and he makes like drum sounds with his mouth and then the drummer plays them back. Uh, morning DJ. Yeah. Terrible. We then go to Diesel's locker room and Doc Hendricks is there. And all of the face lumberjacks are there as well. Well, Diesel's not there. All the face lumberjacks are there. Diesel's jacks. And Doc tries to insinuate that someone may have gotten paid off to turn on Big Daddy Cool. Hell no. One of those guys is Man Mountain Rock. Yeah. We haven't seen him since Slamboree 94, episode 118, when he was Max Payne. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. I was like, have we seen Mountain Mount- Man Mountain Rock? Nope. Oh, okay. I, I, did, I did look at him and I was like, he looks really familiar, but... It's been a while since I've seen Max Payne. Yeah, Max and it's Payne definitely Max Payne. Kind of looks like Midian too. <laughs> yeah. So at the last in your house, I said that Adam Bomb was no longer with the company. 
I guess he's still here. He's just not in a match after In Your House that we're going to see. Yeah, so, you know, we were a little premature. Oops. Yeah. We go back to Vince, who makes fun of Lawler's hair before sending it to the stage. Yeah, his hair was uh, pretty special. What do you have going on? It was kind of Elvis. Yeah, it was a, the Elvis Jerry curl one. Uh, Something like that, yeah, where it's like feathered to a point like a vampire or Eddie Munster. <laughs> yeah, it's it's very country. Yeah, all right. Very, very Nashville. Very Hank Williams. The roadie then comes out and he announces Double J, Jeff Jarrett, to sing his new hit song, With My Baby Tonight. Hmm. Now, the backup singers are horrendous, and it's very obvious that he is lip-syncing. But the song itself... It's good. Could get stuck in your head. It feels like the like a generic version of a '90s country song. At that point in time, it seems like one that could have gotten like to like 37 on the country chart at this point. But it, it's no like achy breaky heart. But achy breaky heart. Like, is, achy breaky heart was very very much like this, where they just said the exact same. Yeah, thing. <laughs> achy breaky hearts uh, like catchy to um, a uh, fault. Yeah. Not a big fan of either song, but I think I'd take this one. You can tell your ma I moved to Arkansas. <laughs> you can tell your dog to bite my leg or something like that. You yeah, can tell your dog to bite my leg. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's just it's the melody. It's very, like the, the very catchy wording, just like with my baby tonight. After this, Vince sends us to a SummerSlam ad. Mm. SummerSlam's coming. The heat is on, or the heat wave, or something like that. I can't remember, but it turns old people young and makes uh-huh. them get in the cars with diesel, and then yeah, diesel drive like, off. Yeah, they there's a hottie and a Hummer. Yeah, and I don't mean a blow diesel up. was diesel was driving it's through the desert. <laughs> diesel was driving through the desert and found some hot twenty something year old that's actually in her seventies. So <laughs> the mirage is about to uh, catch up to him. Did you guys know that there's eleven thousand tickets already gone for SummerSlam? It's crazy. That's that's what Vince had me. It's, it's the hottest party of the summer, though. <laughs> Hopefully, it's not on a beach. <laughs> no, that uh, that's just bastard. That's been beach. trademarked. Yeah, that's uh, Eric Bischoff um... original. <laughs> we then go back to Todd Pettengill, who's now in the crowd, getting reactions to the song. First guy is all it was okay. Second guy, it stinks. So Todd, of course, says that everyone loves the song. Well, yeah, and he keeps asking other people, and everybody's either like, yeah, it was pretty good, or they're like, it stinks. Everyone's like 50-50 even on their positive like, yeah. opinion How of it. it? How's it? Yeah. I noticed there's a guy in the Mikey Whipwreck Dragon t-shirt. Oh, yeah? Uh-huh, in the crowd that I happen to be I rocking at the moment. Noticed the guy that was wearing the uh, Kurt Cobain. Oh, yeah, there's a kid wearing a Kurt Cobain shirt, and it's like, oh, yeah, he did just die at this point in time. Like, in... What, like April Early of 94 or something yeah, like that? Yeah. So this is it's been like a, a, a long months. enough time for them to sell a t-shirt. <laughs> we then go to our third match. Henry O. Godwin. Oh, God. Versus Bam Bam Bigelow. Bam, bam. So the story behind this match was that Godwin had been trying to gain acceptance into the Million Dollar Corporation, which is why he kept helping them attack Bam Bam. Ted DiBiase basically told him that if he could defeat Bigelow, that the Million Dollar Man would consider Godwin for the corporation. They changed Bam Bam's song and it sucks now. Mm-hmm. 
I liked it better when it was just the weird keyboard. They changed thing. Bam Bam. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's Bam Bam does get pyro though. And did you guys know that Henry O. Godwin stands for hog? Ah. Uh, <laughs> just wait till you meet his cousin Phineas. <laughs> so we haven't seen Hog since Royal Rumble '95, episode 141. And we then see footage of Godwin attacking Bigelow on an episode of Monday Night Raw, followed by dumping his slop bucket on another wrestler on an episode of Superstars. Couldn't quite tell who that other wrestler was. I assume he's probably some... Possibly a jobber. Carpenter. Whatever term you like. I mean, Henry Godwin is uh, Bill Clinton's favorite wrestler. Wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, I mean... I mean, uh, that's what... uh, that's what uh, Oliver told me. Yeah. He's from Arkansas, you know, home of the Razorbacks or whatever. And yeah. they're from. Yeah. 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 Look at me. High fives. Uh, talking sports. sports. Yeah. Did they win last night? I don't know. No. They no okay. Not. That's I don't good. Watch the, that shit. My general manager, who I don't <laughs> like, uh, is a huge Arkansas fan. We did the show. Good job. Yeah. It's all right. You can cut if it. If you're out. listening, hi. <laughs> we, we didn't spoil any March Madness for you. No, I was talking to your general manager. Uh, okay. Who you don't like. Oh, yeah. That would suck to me less than, but he wouldn't do that. It's too much time. Get us deep into it. He knows I don't like him. Okay. Hog takes Bam Bam down immediately with a back suplex. Only for Bigelow to no-sell and hit a pair of back suplexes of his own. Followed by a shoulder tackle that sends Godwin out to the floor. Bam Bam follows out to continue the punishment before they both roll in. Where Bigelow hits a DDT. Bam Bam then charges at Hog who ducks, pulling the ropes with him. Sending Bigelow flying over to the floor. And Godwin follows out to send Bam Bam into the still steps before they roll back in. Hog delivers a clothesline for a two count before applying a chin lock. The Bigelow fights his way free, hitting a desperation body press, only for Godwin to respond with a clothesline and an elbow drop for a near fall. Hog then sends Bam Bam to the corner, charging after, only for Bigelow to charge out with a clothesline allowing Bam Bam to hit several headbutts. Bigelow then goes up top for a flying headbutt, but Godwin moves out of the way and hits an elbow drop. Hog then comes off the second rope with a knee drop, but Bam Bam avoids before rolling up Godwin for the pin and And the the win. win. Godwin gets the bucket and teases the slop attack. And nothing happens. Yeah. yeah, I like that the slop is basically just like an iceberg salad. Yeah. <laughs> it's like this, I mean, you know, I, mean, I don't want to see Bam Bam with like actual entrails on him or anything you, gross. You lose a, a, a clown with a bucket full of confetti and you gain a, a hog farmer or a pig farmer, whatever kind of farmer he is, with a, a slop bucket full of He's got to be a hog uh, farmer. Miniature corn on the cob. Oh, dude. Remember the mini corns in like really bad Chinese food? Uh, I hate those things. I like <laughs> all food, and that's the one thing. I'm, fu- I'm fucking from Nebraska. Those little baby corns, those are the worst. Uh, I like them. They're gross. But they make me think of Kimmy Schmidt, because Dionne Warwick uses the baby corns to <laughs> take her vocal cords. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. It reminds me of a friend, uh, a story of a friend who was at a hibachi or whatever, and uh, the hibachi guy was like picking on him uh, and like kept like offering him baby corn, and he's guy that's pretty sensitive, but he kept 
like be like no no baby corn or whatever the guy's like baby corn and just kept teasing him the whole time with baby corn <laughs> and effectively probably ruined his night because he's the kind of guy that that would ruin his night uh <laughs> instead of having fun with the joke i always felt bad manuel one of my cooks he also works at goro and he brought me one of their specials one day because for some reason the staff has been really big into bringing me all kinds of stuff from wherever else they work hey at least they like you oh yeah it's good but yeah he brought me one and i felt so bad because like I said, I like everything, and I opened it up, and it was a baby corn ramen. Like that's all it was. Was the broth was made from you know oh, baby really? corn, and then it had the stewed baby corns that were in it, and like this is it sounds fun. I'll eat some it's noodles. And this was this was shortly after I had done the uh, spicy ramen eating contest too, so it was like a big thing of noodles <laughs> that I didn't even want to look at, but I had to politely. Thank eat. you, Manuel. Yeah, I'll eat it later. Yeah. It's good, but I'm full right now. <laughs> Aren't baby corns like pickled? No, really. I they're feel like yeah. I don't even know what brine. they are if they're even corn. We go back out to the crowd where Bob Backlund is confronting potential voters, but they're all kids, yeah. so I don't know what good it really would have done for him. Corrupting our youth. We then go to the back, and Todd Pettengill is with Sean Michaels, and Sean basically says nobody visited him on his birthday. So he will just go get himself a present, the Intercontinental title. Potentially for the third time. Happy birthday, Sean. 1995. Mm-hmm. When you still still had the hair and the eye wasn't lazy, but you were a much bigger dickhead. And, yeah. And that's why he's so, <laughs> so damn attractive there, too. Oh, yeah. He looks great. He's oozing the attitude. He might be the human razor. Uh, hottest wrestlers uh, with prominent chest hair. <laughs> oh, just wait. <laughs> so we go to our fourth match. Double J, Jeff Jarrett with the roadie versus the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, for the WWF Intercontinental Championship. How the fuck is this the first time we're seeing the two of them fight each other? Uh, I know, but I couldn't be more excited. Right? I was like, oh, well, Jeff Jarrett has been a kind of a pretty... Very reliable and kind of a highlight of some of these last oh, yeah. shows, and we all know what Sean can do. I mean, we saw what Jarrett and Razor could do. We saw what Sean and Razor can do. So it's there's no way in hell that Sean and Jarrett is gonna suck. So the roadie comes out first, saying Jarrett is still feeling the effects of his musical performance, so he's not a hundred percent. But then Double J comes out, which means. The champion came out first. Foreshadowing. He's got the the red and white and the flashing lights. He's all done up. They say he's done up like Porter Wagner. The more <laughs> of those country uh, references. Yeah. After Jarrett gives the ref the title belt, HBK like steals it away from the ref so he can check out his reflection, mm-hmm. which was a kind of a callback to like original HBK. That's right. You just need. Old Sherry, bopping along behind him. We get a couple quick takedowns early on with each man backing off momentarily to start. Until Double J is sent to a corner, where he leaps up and over a charging Sean, delivering a right hand to send Michaels out to the floor to regroup. Double J is getting booze in his hometown. They must not have liked the song. Mm -mm. Back in the ring, Jarrett applies a headlock and goes for a hip toss, but is blocked. So he then tries for a rocker dropper only to get thumbed in the eyes by HBK. 
Sean then tries for his own rocker driver, but he slips, allowing Double J to attempt a clothesline, which Michaels ducks and delivers right hands, a hip toss, and a clothesline to send Jarrett out to the floor. Uh, I, I love them. <laughs> Double J decides that he's had enough, but something stops him. So he rolls back in at the count of nine, only to then roll right back out. And get H- the heat. HBK is tired of waiting, and so he starts to stalk after Jarrett on the floor, delivering more right hands before they head back into the ring, where Sean comes off the top rope. But Jarrett is up and catches him in the gut on his way down, followed by a body guillotine across the ropes. Double J then attempts a dropkick, only for Michaels to avoid, but a reversed Irish whip sends HBK towards the ropes, where Road Dog has jumped up on the apron. Sean is able to stop himself to thumb the roadie in the eyes, oh, dogs before alive. throwing Jarrett over the ropes onto Road Dog. Michaels then follows out with a top rope crossbody onto the two men. And it's beautiful and perfect timing. I know we see people jump out of the floor all the time now, but it's a, a lot of the time it feels like there's four guys waiting to catch them or whatever. This is just like out to the floor. He follows right up, lands on top of them. They didn't have any time to move. Uh, it feels good, and it put a big old smile on my face. Back in the ring, Double J reverses an Irish whip, where Sean leaps to the second rope, faking a reverse crossbody. Jarrett ducks, turns around, only to duck a second crossbody. Only to then have Michaels transition into a sunset flip. Beautifully. Which Double J stays up and punches down. But HBK has moved out of the way, so Jarrett just punches the canvas. Goddamn. Sean then charges at Double J, who backbody drops Michaels over the ring post and down to the floor. And it's an insane bump. Yeah. I mean, he just went straight up, straight down. No, yeah. no, nothing in between. No, yeah, it's not over the ropes. Landing. It was over the ring post. Yep. Yeah, over and the he, corner. He just he he biffs it. Yeah. Full on thud. Yeah, they're uh, they got their working boots on everybody. <laughs> if you couldn't tell, Jarrett follows out to keep up the attack, slamming HBK's head into the steel steps multiple times. Back of the ring, Double J delivers a front suplex before locking on an ab stretch with leverage from the roadie until the ref kicks his arm away, allowing Sean to hip-toss Jarrett to escape. Michaels telegraphs the back body drop, allowing Double J to hit a DDT for a two-count, as McMahon's mic is out all of a sudden. You know who's happy about that? All of us. (laughs) This is a baller, but you know. HBK is being choked across the second rope by Jarrett and Road Dog. But as Double J goes for another body guillotine, Sean pulls the roadie up onto the apron and moves out of the way. So the two men collide Little J's to Road Dog's head, allowing Michaels to roll up Jarrett for a near fall as Vince's mic comes back on. HBK is sent to the corner for a flare flip, crashing down to the floor. Double J distracts the ref, allowing the roadie to come off the apron with a clothesline. And Jarrett thinks he is won by countout. Sean makes it back in at the count of nine. So Double J heads up top for a crossbody, only for Michaels to roll through for the pin. And no, Jarrett kicks out. Double J then goes for a crucifix, 
only to transition it into a sunset flip, which HBK stays up and punches down, before dropping his knees down on the shoulders for a two count. But Jarrett then counters into a pin attempt of his own for a near fall. Double J delivers a drop kick for another two. Perfect drop kick. Before applying a sleeper that Sean counters with a back suplex to knock both men down. Michaels then crawls over and drapes an arm over Jarrett for a two count. Before starting to fire up with right hands, a leaping clothesline, and a kip up to let the crowd know he still has the energy. More right hands, flying forearm, and stomps by HBK before hitting a body slam and heading up top for a flying elbow for the pin. And no, Jarrett kicks out. Double J is then tossed to a corner where Sean charges in, but Jarrett leaps up only for Michaels to slide out to the floor instead, grabbing Double J from behind, tripping him up, and crotching him on the ring post. Posted. HBK then climbs up to the top rope, where the road dog trips him up, causing him to crotch himself on the turnbuckle, and allowing Jarrett to climb up to hit a superplex. Double J then goes for the figure four, but Sean turns it into a small package for a two count. Jarrett then hits a knee breaker to break the momentum and goes for the figure four once again, but this time Michaels just kicks him away but right into the ref. Ref bump. HBK sets up for the super kick. I love he just taps his leg right, right, right as he like right before he gets up, just to let everybody know. Warming up the band. Mm-hmm. But the roadie jumps in the ring to clip his leg from behind. Fucker. Allowing Double J to hit a top rope crossbody for the pin, and no, Sean kicks out. Damn right it did. Jarrett goes for an Irish whip. Only for Michaels to reverse when Road Dog, who didn't see the reversal, mistakenly trips up Double J from the floor, causing him to fall flat on his face. Oh no. Jarrett turns to scald the roadie, but when he turns back around, HBK delivers a super kick for the pin and, and the win. win. And new! It's the first and new that we've had. It's been a while. Oh, yeah. We can thank a few people for that. But, yeah. I think they actually say sweet chin music. Is this the first time they've really said that? Did they say it? Because I didn't hear it. I have it. I that's, why I put, that's why I, I wrote I don't, Super Kick. I think they might have said chin music. I don't know if they put the word sweet in there, but I do uh, have it quoted um, in my notes. and Because I had it written down, and then I was it? like, I don't think they said it, so I just put I th- Super Kick. I think they yeah, did. I can't remember. I'm pretty sure that they did say it, and I was curious if it was the first time they had said it or not. If they did, it probably was the first time, because I don't remember hearing it but, before. Yeah. Pretty sure they say chin music. We go to the face locker room, and Barry Dudinsky is there with all the guys, and Razor and Diesel come back and congratulate Sean, while Barry shills another t-shirt before getting Michael's thoughts on the win. Is there a Jeff Jarrett, Shawn Michaels t-shirt? It's just Shawn Michaels. <laughs> okay. It is, it's just a red one, a red Shawn Michaels shirt, you're right. And HBK basically says, all I need is my belt and my good friends. His friends that he uh, has screwed over in the last I don't year. Think he, did he ever screw them over? Did he? I don't think he screwed the click over. Mm-hmm. No? I don't think so. I guess not. I mean, I mean one of them is the, the world champion, needed. the other one is... Yeah, the, yeah. 
third biggest face in yeah, the I company. Just, I'm like, I man. thought that him and Diesel had a falling out. I mean, so. no. Storyline purposes, yeah. But well, not I didn't mean real life. <laughs> <laughs> then go back to Vince and Lawler, and they discuss what just happened in our last match. Before we had a really great wrestling match, guys. McMahon sending it back to Doc, who was outside a locker room, and he's furiously going on about Jarrett and the roadie fighting each other before going through the door behind him. And Doc apparently found like a big old bag of cocaine right before this camera walked up to him because, good lord, he's, overacting. He's much. trying to sell the excitement of there, of there being a fallout behind the door. He says he thinks roadie hit Jarrett. So what this was supposed to be was an actual shot of the two men fighting, which would lead to a feud between them. Someone's got to try to get Rhodey over. But I mean, he did just be one, two, three. But. They would both walk out of the WWF the next day and not be around for several months. Hmm. Jared was real sad about losing that belt, huh? He was not happy. He did, well, he's he's comes from a place where the heels are on top. Well, he comes from a place where his dad runs a company. So yeah, sorry. Maybe, but he's also you can you can put the belt on him. Sean, no problem. Dance with Sean's daddy first. Double J. <laughs> We then go to our fifth match, Yokozuna and Owen Hart with Jim Cornette and Mr. Fuji versus the allied powers of Lex Luger and the British Bulldog Davy Boy Smith for the WWF World Tag Team Championships. Hmm. Champions came out first, guys. Foreshadowing. They came out with Pyro for Lex and the Dog. And a couple of kids are the flag bearers for the Allied Powers. Anybody we know? No. Okay. Just a couple kids. All right. Yeah. What is it with them having... Well, I guess they've each got their own flag, yeah, because they're, they're Allied. The Allied Powers. That's right. you got to have old... I mean, Yoko's in is waving his flag. Mm-hmm. Man, if Owen would have just waved a Canadian flag Tell at some me. point. Or, you know, his... The real king flag or something like that, because... They do. They, they, be the they do the, uh, the like projection image in the middle of the ring, and it's of a giant uh, Owen Hart with uh, the crown on. And I was like, "That's sick." The black heart. Mm-hmm. So the match gets going as Yoko pushes Lex away, before controlling with headbutts and chops, followed by delivering a body slam, only to then miss an elbow drop. You guys remember the USS Intrepid? Oh yeah, you remember Yoko eating a big old bowl of rice. I do. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure Yoko doesn't remember anything he's ever eaten. <laughs> Luger with a tin count of turnbuckle smashes and a big right hand, which staggers Zuna and causing him to fall to his corner, landing on Owen's foot, forcing him to fall down the stairs and start to limp around. Hart then jumps in the ring, shoving Yoko Zuna, with Yoko returning the favor. But Cornette climbs to the apron to calm his two guys down. They hug it out via via Corny. Oh, the original hug it out, bitch. <laughs> Owen tags in to slap Lex, but runs away to the corner to avoid retaliation momentarily, only to then be hit with several shoulder tackles before Bulldog is tagged in. Hart and Davy Boy do some wrist locks with each using athletic escapes until Bulldog hits a back body drop with Owen not rotating over, so he lands on his shoulder. Yeah, that was a, a little scary. Mm-hmm. Davy Boy keeps up the attack with a catapult into the corner, followed by a clothesline for a two-count. 
Bulldog applies a headlock, which Hart escapes sending Davy Boy to the ropes, where Zuna hits him from the apron. Owen and Yokozuna start working the legs of Bulldog before Yoko locks on a nerve hold. Oh, dreaded nerve hold. I mean, at, I least, mean, at least he's got some nerves. Yeah, he's got, he's got a trap. You can hook it. <laughs> the nerve on that Bulldog. <laughs> Davy Boy fires up momentarily, only to be taken right back down with a clothesline. Hart's back in. He delivers a spinning heel kick for a near fall, but then telegraphs a back body drop. So Davy Boy hits a sunset flip for a two count. In Siguri by Owen before tossing Bulldog to a corner, charging in after, only for Davy Boy to move, causing Hart to crotch himself on the second rope, allowing Bulldog to crawl to his corner for the hot tag. Lex is a house of fire, delivering clotheslines to Zuna, knocking Hart off the top rope to crotch himself followed by press slamming him off the ropes as well. Year of the nut shot? We got a lot of uh, crotch, crotch, crotches uh, being ran into things this evening. Luger goes back to hammering away on Yokozuna, only to then pick up Owen into a gorilla press slam, tossing him onto Yoko, knocking them both down. Rude. The Allied powers with a double clothesline on both men, making a cover on Zuna for a near fall. All four men are in the ring. They're brawling away until Yokozuna breaks free to attempt a splash in the corner on Davy Boy, but he moves in time, sending Yoko head first into the turnbuckle. The Allied Powers then hit a double team back suplex with Luger making a cover, only for Hart coming off the top rope with a double axe handle to break it up, allowing Zuna to get up to hit a leg drop for the pin and, and the, the win. win. And this will be the last time we see Lex Luger in a WWF ring. Oh, wow. Oh. Uh, yeah, this match had corny all over it. Mm-hmm. This was good. This is like classic tag stuff. But there's a really great moment where after one of the times Owen crotches himself, Corny starts slapping the mat. To like, you know, yell at Owen or whatever. But what he's really doing is getting the crowd to start a USA chant, and then he sells it as a mistake to the crowd. And you, but like, you know, it was purposeful. And it's like, and that's why you're one of the greatest. <laughs> like, it's so good. I just like warmed my heart that spot in. We then get Vince shilling for the WWF Superstar Line, where Shawn Michaels is on there right now. Would you like to talk to a sexy boy? Uh, yes, yeah. please. We then see the Lumberjacks start making their way out of the ring while McMahon sends us to a video package where HBK tells Sid that he doesn't need his help. So Psycho Sid attacks him on an at- episode of Raw, hitting multiple power bombs, which would bring out Diesel to save his friend. Between pay-per-views, have we even seen Sid as Michael's bodyguard? This was right after... WrestleMania, is yeah. that the where the match was, and these power bombs actually hurt Sean. Oh, okay. And so it pushed, pushed it back. Yeah. So Sid and Big Daddy Cool would then meet at In Your House One and King of the Ring, as we have watched over the last few weeks. Now on the Raw, the Monday right before the show, 
Psycho Sid would show up with his lumberjacks surrounding the ring, talking mad game, but always backing down. We go back to ringside, and the camera pans around, letting us see all the lumberjacks. And there are 30 of them. So I'm not going to name them all. No, I thought it would be like five and five or something. Yeah. And I was like, oh, wow, 15 yeah. each. It's the whole roster. <laughs> but there are a couple of interesting ones. Mm-hmm. As we get our first glimpse of Hunter Hearst Helmsley. Oh, we do. That's true. Who we last saw at Starcade 94, Triple episode H. 137. Rad Radford, hmm. who we last saw at AAA When Worlds Collide. As Madonna's boyfriend. Oh. Episode 134. Don't remember Rad Radford. Spicoli driver? Louis Spicoli? You remember talking about him? Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I remember talking about him on the show. Yeah, I'm sure we did. Yeah. This guy. He's, I want to say yeah. your name had something to do with somebody's I was Madonna's uh, boyfriend. That show. <laughs> Skip is here. Who we last saw at the NWA Smoky Mountain Wrestling World Heavyweight Championship Tournament. Winning... The NWA title as Chris Candido, episode 135. Uh-oh. That means Sonny's somewhere to be found. Skip. Yep. Skip of the Body Donnas. Yep. Just wait. Jean-Pierre Lafitte, who we last saw at WrestleMania 10 as Pierre-Carl Ouellet, a Quebecer, episode 113. Ah, uh, the Beckys. Or better known now as PCO. That's his name now, yeah. PCO. Oh, Wow. And last but not least, mm. Travis and Troy of Techno Team 2000, mm-hmm. in which you might recognize Troy, it's Shane's favorite, Least. Eric Watts. Oh my God! Who we haven't seen since Beach Blast '93. Yep. Are they episode '95? <sighs> Are they ripping on uh, Alex Wright's uh, German techno style? <sighs> Who knows? Uh, we'll, we'll never find out. I don't. I don't really. I guess as this is where I'm thankful that I graduated high school right before this. So this was like the summer after senior year. So I didn't really pay attention to wrestling too too much because I had no clue that Eric Watts was even in the WWF. Woo! Get the W out. Get the yeah. <laughs> Get we the E W out. Just be W. We then go to the back. Pettengill is there with Diesel. And Big Daddy Cool says, you can't run, you can't hide, and I'll finish this once and for all. Welcome to the asylum, Sid. We also see the creatures of the night sitting in the crowd, which I was like, Undertaker's not on the show, so why are they here? Uh, He's in a dark match at the end. That's true. (laughs) But otherwise than that, I was like, oh, is Taker going to be on here? But this is... He's a lumberjack. No, he's not. (laughs) Definitely not. So we go to our sixth match, Psycho Sid versus Diesel for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. And Diesel does come out with Shawn Michaels, but he just falls into the Lumberjacks. Correct. And like you said, it's a Lumberjack match. Sid attacks as soon as Big Daddy Cool gets in the ring, but Diesel retaliates by knocking Psycho Sid to the floor on the face side. So they just push him back into the ring. Because they're nice guys. Doing it wrong, faces. No, they're sportsmen. Sid's knocked out to the floor. Again, the faces just tossing back into the ring. Big Daddy Cool with a body slam of Psycho Sid. And this time he escapes out to the heel side, who let him regroup. But once he's back in the ring, Diesel charges at Sid, 
only to be yanked through the ropes, where the heels begin attacking him. So HBK flies off the top rope with a crossbody that leads to a wild brawl, all while Psycho Sid just stands in the ring. That's my dude. That's, uh, he's really good at standing and, and hurting people. And looking menacing. Yeah, yeah. It's a real good stander. Yeah. He is, because, you know, when he tries to do other stuff... It looks like he's standing. <laughs> well, no, it, uh, it doesn't, doesn't have quite, the best results. So doesn't look quite as we'll, good. <laughs> we'll see some of that stuff here in a few years, mm-hmm. or over the few years. Once Big Daddy Cool is thrown back in, Sid covers him for a two-count, before continuing the attack with several kicks and clotheslines. Psycho Sid then drapes Diesel on the ropes, allowing the heels to help out, followed by a big boot to knock Big Daddy Cool down. Diesel begins to fire up with a clothesline and a pair of elbow drops. He then decides to leap over the ropes with a plancha out onto the heels. Because I beat him down earlier. I mean, yeah, but yeah, a diesel plancha. It's a big, uh, big clanch. (laughs) Back in the ring, Big Daddy Cool delivers snake eyes on Sid and starts to run the ropes. But King Mabel trips him up, pulling him out to the floor to squash Diesel against the ring post. Posted. Before hitting a body slam and a leg drop. Diesel then gets tossed back into the ring, where Psycho Sid dominates with kicks, before going to the dreaded chin lock. Mm-hmm. The crowd starts cheering on Big Daddy Cool, so Sid releases the hold to deliver a powerbomb, but decides to celebrate with his lumberjacks, so he only gets a two count. Once he does make the cover. Dummy. Yeah, he had old BDC in the RCL. Big Daddy Cool in the reverse chin lock. Gotcha. <laughs> Psycho Sid goes for another powerbomb, but Diesel reverses and back body drops Sid down to the mat. Sid then goes Psycho, or maybe he realized Troy was at ringside as well. <laughs> so he jumps out, attacking him, coming off the apron with a double axe handle. I always liked to Sid. But all the phases retaliate, even Michaels coming off the top rope with a double axe handle of his own. Psycho Sid is finally thrown back in where Big Daddy Cool sets up for the powerbomb, only for IRS, Godwin, and Tatanka to run in. Diesel destroys them all before delivering a big boot to Sid for the pin and the win. Post-match, all the faces jump in the ring to celebrate with Big Daddy Cool while the heels console Psycho Sid on the outside. Diesel sees Mabel, and he looks to go after him, but the king just backs away. McMahon says his goodbyes as we see a highlight package before fading to black. Boot, no leg drop. Mm-hmm. Big boot, no leg drop for the pin. Halfway to Hogan. Is he, uh, <laughs> halfway to Hogan? Is, <laughs> is, that, is that some shade to Hogan? Be like, we don't even need the leg drop. No, possibly. I just thought it was funny. No, I think he did his... I, think, I want to say he did the big boot. He usually did the big boot and the powerbomb. Yeah. The yeah. Jagraff powerbomb. Yeah. I have one more note, which will make Shane very happy. Probably. Hopefully. We won't see Eric Watts again. Woohoo! For about eight years. And neither of us noticed him in the, even <laughs> for eight years. He actually comes back. Not in WWF. No. Eight years, WCW is over. Yep. Impact. Mm-hmm. He might be making one. <laughs> he won't be an ROH. You have to be able to work there. Correct. <laughs> Can't just get hired because of who your dad is. 
So, gentlemen, I ask you, what are your thoughts of In Your House 2? It was only two hours. There was one great match. The last match was the worst match. It was not the worst thing <laughs> I ever saw. <laughs> no, I had some fun. <laughs> That's all I can do with that song for Lost and Sea I may be crazy, but I like this show. Uh-huh. We have a hidden gem of a match, and everything else moved. No, nothing is like, nothing is awful, and the last match is the kind of the quickest I mean, match. The, the, lumber, the lumberjacks keep that match entertaining. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, like they have to because the two guys. I are mean, we, we've seen those two guys, and we know they don't can't deliver a match. Nope. So we know the lumberjacks have to keep it going. But yeah, I I literally was watching this, and I'm like, I'm reading reviews online, and everyone's like. Eh, thumbs down, thumbs up. I'm like, I really enjoyed this it's, show. It's so not a chore. It's so very watchable. It doesn't... There's nothing where you're like, oh my god, just end. Like, all the matches have pretty solid psychology, yeah. and finishes all make sense. We have one incredible match. And, like, there's some shows where it's like, oh, there was, like, this incredible match, but, oh my god, getting there was rough. And uh, yeah, typically, this, was, this is not that way. Typically, when you say it's not a hard watch, you guys don't like. Yeah, you guys don't like it. But this time, Matt's like, it's not yeah, a hard this watch. This time, it's so I, yeah. yeah, it's not. It's, it's, it's it helps when it's in your show. house where we're 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 we got a full hour off basically. Yeah. So it's like a two-hour show instead of an almost three-hour show. Yeah. yeah, and in the in the year of ninety-five. A two-hour show is much appreciated because it it got a little. We rank. don't have the power to put out a three-hour show. You know what I mean? Well, it would not yeah, don't have the power to put out a three-hour show, and don't have anything for a good three-hour show. Three hour show. Yeah, there's not enough to sustain a three-hour show, really. Yeah, and they got a full pay-per-view because yeah. there's like four dark matches. 95 often is looked at as, you know, a, a very worst terrible, slow, wrestling. boring year. So having these quick, fun little shows that move along quickly and keep things entertaining is is the way to go. And, you know, it makes me wish and hope that they start looking back into the past and realize that maybe we don't need a three-day WrestleMania experience, or three-hour. They've pretty much decided that that's. I know be they the don't care what people want; they just want money, and it's going to ruin it for the rest of us who have always loved WrestleMania. Because now you have to pick and choose of when you can watch, and they're throwing too much shit in there. But anywho, enough about that. We're talking about this show, damn it. Yep, Sunny did make her uh, did show up on the first dark match, which was uh, Skip. Versus. Candido versus Aldo Montoya, okay. which he defeated him in four minutes. And then at the end, post Psycho Sid and Diesel, Bret Hart defeated Jean Pierre Lafayette in 13 minutes. That was probably pretty nice. And then The Undertaker ran it back with Kamala. With no, no. He beat Kamala. Kama, sorry. Okay. In a I'm casket like... match. I was like, Kamala, no. He was just on WCW. <laughs> that makes no sense. So, but he did Kama, not Papa Shango. So, you know, they got a fun show. Mm-hmm. I would have much preferred this than the free ticket I got to SmackDown recently. Definitely. <laughs> Agreed. 
Good. Where, where's the smart marks at? All right. Fuck you. I think it's time we smart it up. So what are some of the best moments of this show? Um, Mosalt. Oh. <laughs> Definitely the Mosalt. I love yeah. the Mosalt. The corny Matt Pat and then and then playing it off like he wasn't doing it on purpose was so sweet. One, two, three's head and groin going into the ring post at the same time. Yeah. Yeah. One, two, three not dying on that. Uh, Dropped on his head. Shawn Michaels not dying on that. Yeah. I he drop over the ring You know post. he felt that one. His whole brain fucking probably spun yeah. around. Let me read this line again just because. Sid then goes psycho, or maybe he just realized he was at ringside too. He being Troy. Attacking Troy coming off the apron with a double axe handle. That's... That's one of my best moments. <laughs> Wait, Troy, Eric Watts. Oh, Troy is Eric Watts. Okay. <laughs> like, honestly, the 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 be my baby. I'm I'm no, okay with it because that's it's so fun. fun. Yeah, yeah, that is really fun. And I like that it still gets brought up sometimes, still to this day. Yeah, well, maybe not recently because oh, I like that. Got let go again, but I liked that. Hendrix, while he's in the face locker room, basically just starts insinuating that the face lumberjacks took a bribe from the corporation. Yeah. It, it, like, it never really plays out in the match. But you have to. But at least, you know, puts something story-wise lying there for the people around the ring, you know. I mean, the last time they did that, Tatanka turned. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So you gotta like, who's it gonna be? Is mm-hmm. it gonna be Adam Bomb? Is it gonna be Bam Bam going back home? Are it's, the guns gonna go out shooting? Aldo Montoya gonna turn his back on Big Daddy Cool? It's also nice when you tease something and then it doesn't happen because mm-hmm. then it keeps it keeps you on your toes and supposed to being like, oh well, they teased it, so it's gonna happen. Yeah. It's like you gotta, yeah. It's, that's part of the that's part of the thing, man. How about most disappointing? Eric Watts, back oh. in my TV. But it's the last time. I don't care. For, once is for quite some time. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Once uh, is too much. The roadie slipping on once. the pile driver. Yeah. Which made it super scary. Yeah, that was pretty scary. Um, honestly, I want more for Bam Bam. Mm. That match would have been fine if Bam Bam would have hit his finisher. And not just a roll up for the win. Yeah, Bam Bam shouldn't be rolling anybody up. Not especially fucking whole hog. Like that guy needs to take a finish. This isn't like he doesn't need an out. I mean, I actually was kind of surprised that they had Bam Bam go over because Godwin was the the new thing basically. So it kind of felt like maybe they should build be building Godwin more. Just you wait. I mean, I know that he... He's got some stuff coming. He, he has stuff coming, I, I know, but... Bam Bam's been around That for just so makes long. me wonder then. But Bam Bam, Bam, Bam going to be like, So literally, Bam Bam has gone from a main event to a middle-of-the-card feud with... A, and it's basically, it's a glorified squash match with a horrible ending. I mean, yeah, it's like a, the only thing that stops it from being an actual squash match is that it's a roll-up. roll-up instead of an actual finish. So it's like, oh, well, Godwin... It's like it doesn't totally spit yeah, on him or anything, exactly. but it doesn't necessarily make him look good. So, I mean, it doesn't help either person, really. No. It doesn't make Godwin look bad, but it doesn't make Bam Bam look good either. So it's Whereas, like, the rest of the show, everybody 
at the end comes out. I mean, I would say that's my least favorite match on the show. Yeah, it. I agree. Yeah, like I really don't care for and it's, the and last it's not, match. And but... I think both. I think both gentlemen worked hard in the match. I just think the booking of the match didn't do either one of them the service that it. It feels. Deserved. It feels the least like necessary. It's yeah. the least memorable match on the show. Anything else disappointing? I mean, like you said, it's a pretty fine show with an incredible match on it. I mean, could we? Yeah, could we give any more flowers to uh, Jeff and Sean here? I mean, <laughs> come on, they're our best performers all the time. Yeah, and I don't yeah. even know like you. I uh, Sean uh, gets to shine more, shine again later uh, in the show, and Jeff Jarrett uh, got to fucking sing a country song. So as far as I'm concerned, they're pretty tied. <laughs> air he got to air quotes sing, sing. Yeah. How about most surprising? Eric Watts on my TV. I didn't know even know what happened, so I can't call it surprising. <laughs> I'm still going Mosalt. Because have we seen a Mosalt before? I don't can't think remember. we have. I feel like I, mean, I, I was. I didn't realize. I mean, I knew Hunter Hearst Helmsley was coming up. I knew that was happening soon. I I didn't realize Skip. Yeah. Was here already. I thought that was still a good. Yep. Six he was, months. He was kind of surprised. So. And he's on the. He's a, has a match on the show, like on the. Like, in the building. Yeah. I got you. Yeah. Whereas, like, well, I mean, Hunter didn't, but Skip's here. I mean, Skip's a former NWA champion, though. Yeah, but Vince McMahon doesn't care. Hunter Hearst Helmsley was on a WCW pay-per-view. More people saw that than saw old old Skip Candido in ECW. (laughs) And now for a look back even further into the history of wrestling. The Dusty Finish... Sergeant Slaughter had used his heinous ways to continue to be the WWF heavyweight champion since the Royal Rumble. But he would meet the Immortal One at WrestleMania 7 on March 24, 1991 in Los Angeles. The two men would be equally matched early on until Hogan would knock Slaughter out to the floor. Hulk would follow out only for General Adnan to help the Sarge in attacking the Hulkster. Once they were back in the ring, Hogan is able to avoid an elbow drop to fire up with a clothesline and a backdrop when he decides to head to the top rope, only for Adnan to grab his leg to slow him, allowing Slaughter to press slam him off to the mat. Sarge begins to work the back, followed by using a chair across the head as General Adnan is distracting the ref. Hogan is busted open while Slaughter goes back to work on the back with a camel clutch. Hulk tries to break free by charging forward, only to be pushed into the turnbuckle. Sarge would then grab the Iraqi flag and drape it over Hogan for the cover. But it's Hulk up time. Hogan rips the flag in half, followed by a big boot and a leg drop for the pin to make him a three-time world champion. The Hulkster would soon find that a dead man was headed his way, and he had to hope he could survive. Bum, bum, bum. Is that the last time we saw blood in WWF? I mean, probably not, but when you said that Hulk was busted open, I was like, yes. I'm trying love to remember. You can eat some juice in these, in these nasty angles. Next week, Collision in Korea. The highest attended uh, by force wrestling event of all time. <laughs> 
Damn right. That is correct. (laughs) (laughs) Music from this week's show. Both songs are by Jim Johnston. How about that? The opening theme is The Lumberjacks. And Diesel won our main event, so we play his theme song, Diesel Blues. Honk, honk. If you like this episode (laughs) or any of our others, please go out there and rate and review us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you find your podcast at. Do as Michael says. Five stars are no stars. That's right. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns. Recipes, food ideas, drink suggestions. If you've ever been to, where are we going next? Nothing from Korea. We're never going back. (laughs) All right. Pretty 99.9% sure. I hope you're still alive. Yes. I mean, where this is in North Korea specifically. Yeah. Just, yeah. It's a little, um, a little bit of a difference. But yeah, I mean, as I always. South Korea is beautiful. If, if you know anything that North Philadelphia Korea people like to eat or food or beverage that has not been featured from the Philly area already, let me know. Slide into those DMs. Just with recipes. Like, yeah, but you can do that on our email. Maybe they're cute. Exactly. At com, Or find us on Twitter at WrestlingHistoX. That's Wrestling H-I-S-T-O-X. We'll talk to you next week. Laters. <laughs>